When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And um, and the interesting thing is when you uh, do conscious dreaming or active dreaming uh, or shamanic dreaming, so you just, instead of just going to bed, you can just, like, it's the afternoon, you have a free afternoon, you close the door, you, you go to bed, but not for sleeping. And with the intention of staying half awake and you re-enter the dream that you want to re-enter. Could be a positive dream, uh, but it could also be a nightmare. And the interesting thing about a nightmare is that you can re-enter the nightmare, but now consciously, and you start to experience all the feelings in your body. So, for example, if there was a really crazy monster somewhere, like if it starts to approach you, you want to just like run away. But instead of that, you're staying, you're staying conscious and you're like, no, 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 I'm going to stay. I'm going to face this fear, literally. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras and now your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My 7 Chakras, my7chakras.com, the show where we help you calm your mind, relax your nervous system, and experience deep states of bliss. In today's episode, we talk about a variety of topics, including Taoism practices and dreaming, specifically um, um, what is you know, dream work or active dreaming, alternate dimensions, dream characters, and what interacting with your dreams can open up for you, right? So I'm really looking forward to this episode, particularly because I am interested in these topics and I sense or I can intuit that all of you, especially those who are listening right now, are really going to enjoy this podcast episode. So if you like the work that we do, then make sure that you hit the subscribe button or if you're on some other platform, hit the follow button because what it does is it tells the algorithm that you enjoy and you like and you'd like to support our show. So make sure that you hit the subscribe button right now. And with that being said, I'd like to bring on our special guest for today, Yos Gosens. As a freelance journalist, Yos interviewed people from the Secretary General of NATO, Senior Director of Trends and Strategy at Philips to presenters of BNR and Tour de France winners. He's always asked, what drives you? Why do you do what you do? What is your message? And the answers make him think. And in his search, uh, Yos came into contact with older wisdom traditions through a mentor. He met the Taoist teacher, Reinhard Elvent, and was warned whether he wanted to take into account Reinhardt's 
reality distortion field, which I'm sure we're going to get into. And it turned out to be exactly what yours was looking for. So he started an interview with Renault, and that lasted for more than seven years. It grew into a book about the Taoist view of sexuality uh, only for men and an online platform where hundreds hundreds of men and thousands of women practice Taoist techniques to turn sexual energy into fuel for personal development. So I'm very excited to bring on uh, Yos. I uh, met him through a men's work um, training that I had attended as well by Sujit Ravindran. And uh, as you can tell, you know, when you attend an event or maybe a ceremony, you tend to attract like-minded, similar-minded uh, people with who have uh, you know similar visions maybe or similar value sets and we connected that way and we've sort of kept in touch uh, ever since. So Yos, it's really nice to chat with you today. Likewise, Aditya. Thank you. So uh, nice to be here now. Absolutely, absolutely. So for the audience, which part of the world are you joining from? I'm currently in Santa Fe, New Mexico, but I'm originally from from Holland, um, where the unpronounceable name comes from and thank you for actually doing it right so that's quite impressive <laughs> yeah because you know uh, i think in this global um, economy or maybe uh, global environment that we're living in uh, we're all from different parts of the world and a lot of times especially if you have a name like mine or maybe like yours it becomes uh, a little bit difficult to pronounce and you want to make sure that you get it right and um, I'm, I'm glad that i was at least close to the right <laughs> pronunciation so really really uh, great to have you um so uh, you know i've always wanted to ask this to you how did it all begin for you where were you born and brought up mm. Um, well, I was born in, in Holland and I, I didn't have very particularly spiritual, spiritual parents or like a spiritual family. Um, I was always interested in what, in success, the Western version of success, you know, like what, what makes that some people rise above, you know, they rise and all of a sudden they become the CEO of a great company. And I was always fascinated by that, that they really seemed to have something special. They were really, or they had a lot of energy, they had a lot of creativity, or they were uh, above average intelligent. And I was always fascinated with those aspects. And I guess slowly I got more into the self-help scene. Um, you know, with the Tim Ferriss was a big um, idol of mine uh, who wrote the seven hour, uh, no, it was the seven hour work week. Now I forgot the four hour work week, yeah which really inspired um, the concept that we used to build my business later in life, which was also interesting. Um, but yeah, I was a freelance journalist and I started interviewing people for different magazines. And one of the jobs I had was interviewing public speakers. So, you know, uh, people who have something interesting to say, have a story, get hired by big companies or other organizations to tell about their vision on life was before TEDx, I think, but that was kind of the idea. And um, yeah, when I interviewed those people, it gave me an opportunity to interview a lot of different people and really shamelessly ask all the questions, you know, like, why this story? How did it start for you? Um, what is your message? And weirdly, like, it was super inspiring, but also uh, it taught me a big lesson because after a while, I saw that a lot of the people I really admired when I really got more into their story uh, and tried to get a more holistic picture, I saw that they also were just humans. 
and that nobody had all the answers for me. And sometimes even I was a little bit um, yeah, disheartened maybe uh, by seeing like, oh, this person is very successful, but in the way he is uh, personally or like uh, in his health, or I could just see from very close, like, oh, that's, that's less inspiring to me. So slowly I developed, I guess, a longing for a more holistic view of human success. And I guess naturally then that brought me to a more spiritual place um, until I met my first teacher. Um, and I guess maybe for a lot of people it happens like a surprise, you know, the teacher appears when you're ready kind of feeling. And it was a, a Taoist teacher, um, someone who was uh, literally at the marketplace in Amsterdam selling uh, women's clothes someone who's like in the middle of you know reality and at the same time a very interesting yeah kind of magical being and and it was him who first i think almost put me on the path in a sense of i think i was always on the path i think everyone's on the path but who made me aware that you could also walk the path consciously mm. so he was at that point selling women's clothes yeah, he was he was just at the, working at the market, and that's kind of classical in Dao in Taoism. Like, you know, you do your meditations in the in the cave, or you in, you retreat from society. But then, at some point, you have to like, um, yeah, do the reality check, and then it's almost like a saying, like you do that at the marketplace, um, because like you know it, it can't get more real than that. And he was he was doing that, and that inspired me as well. Is is really grounded, down to earth kind of approach to spirituality. Yeah. Got it. So, like, what sort of sort of uh, um, conversation led you to, at one point, meeting somebody in the marketplace to having, you know, like a conversation on maybe Taoism or something more? So, what was that thing about him mm -hmm. or the interaction that we were having with him that, you know, struck a nerve mm. and then led you to maybe asking more questions yeah. about his background and his lineage? Yeah. Well, somebody, somebody, I, I had a mentor and, uh, and I was asking him for a little guidance. And he said like, oh, maybe it's time for you to meet this, this person, Reinhard Elefeld. And what he said, and you mentioned it in my bio, he said like, but be aware, this man has a reality distortion field. And he said it kind of jokingly, but also I could feel like, oh, he, this, he means this or something. And now I know what he means. Like, I think with every wise being that you meet who speaks truth um yeah like illusions get like whoop you know you have to you have to really adjust your perspective and one of the first things what he told me when he took me like and set me down he was like okay well let's start with your view of what it means to be a human being and let's paint like a little bit of more broader picture uh, including, uh, so he says, like most people live in the outer reality, you know, in the manifest reality. Um, but in every spiritual tradition, almost the first thing you learn, like there's more than that. There's there's something beyond the physical, uh, and then you enter the spiritual. And yeah, he was kind of drawing the whole Taoist concept of how you can work with that. And he also said, like just like you can learn how to walk in the manifest reality, you can you can go to the supermarket and back. You have to learn that one day. Um, you can learn these same things in the spiritual realms. Um, and he, he was kind of like, you're ready for that, so let's go. 
and it, it really felt like Harry Potter, you know, like for the first time, all of a sudden Hagrid is in front of your door and saying that there's a, a school for, uh, for wizards. And um, that's really how it felt. And, and I'm convinced there are schools for wizards. Uh, how, yeah. Or maybe to the people in your podcast, that, might, that doesn't sound too strange, but yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that really resonates because as far as I understand, uh, whether it's Taoism or maybe some other format of ancient practice like yoga or even, uh, I guess, some other shamanic traditions, there usually is a tendency for the for the mentor or the teacher to be working in the most, uh, um, I guess, mundane and ordinary uh, circumstances and jobs, right? Because I recently interviewed somebody called Robert Peng, and his teacher was uh, working in the boiler room of all places, in the midst of in in the midst of uh, when uh, China became communist, when when that was happening. So obviously there was no not like f- um, freedom of speech, and everything was hidden, and you can't really out and about practice your qigong or for that matter tai chi and in those circumstances he was able to connect with his teacher and also receive the knowledge and wisdom of uh, of qigong so my question to you is what really appealed to you about taoism at that point in your life i think for taoism like i think every spiritual tradition has 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 almost like a certain branding, if, if that makes sense. Uh, you know, like it has certain effects on people that you that you are looking for or not. So I don't know, you can go into very deep meditation and maybe then you'll see someone who's just like peaceful and in bliss in meditative postures and you're like, oh, I want that. That was not at all what I was looking for. Um, I think what my teacher reflected to me and what I see in Taoism a lot is um, the art of um, enhancing your vitality and so he was a very vital alive man he was in his 60s when i met him and i was like whoa this dude is more intense than you know any of the older people i know uh and i I really was like wow i want that i could see he had a lot of projects going on besides working at the market he was also like having these own projects um that developed and a lot of people around him there was always something happening around him and i was always like oh wow okay um this vitality this glow uh, you know like being just abundant in your life energy that's what i really wanted and yeah i guess that was our connection as well because he he was kind of going there first he said like okay in that the taoist tradition we we train the vitality first and if you if you do that well it becomes so abundant that it starts to create pressure and it starts to steam they call that cooking rice and that the steam will become uh, like more awareness or more chi. Uh, the heart starts to open. And when that harmonizes and starts to grow and becomes abundant, your shen or your spirit starts to, starts to open or awaken. All those words don't really do justice, but you know, something starts to happen. Something spiritual starts to happen. But very much from like, okay, you have to like start at the vitality level. We have to increase your life force. And yeah, what he he uh, his approach to that was uh, the sexual energy. So he really went straight to the source, you can say, of where vitality comes from. You know, and two parents have sex, a child comes, and everyone who sees a baby knows, like, oh wow, that that's the most vital thing almost there is. 
And yeah, he kind of said like, well, the Taoists know how to harness the same, same um, how do you say, like uh, concept that the universe uses of two opposite forces marrying, creating a third force. And you can also, instead of just having sex with a partner, you can also do this in yourself meditatively. So the sexual energy, you just go there in meditation, you awaken it a little bit. It's not like something really explosive or fancy or you know, a lot of people think of like, oh, it must be Tantra. You must have like four-hour orgasms and la, la, la. A lot is possible. I mean, all that stuff is possible. But if you just want to use that creative energy of your sexuality, it could, it, it can't be just meditative practice. And that's what I started to learn. And yeah, and that, that really, I did that for 10 years. That became the book that you mentioned, um, the techniques for men. A lot of people know Mantak Chia in the Taoist scene and um, he wrote a couple of books together with other people about these techniques and this is yeah this was kind of our own um, version of that and refinement based on uh, yeah a, a different lineage and practice of a lot of people like added and like refined it and yeah we made that into a book and online courses yeah got it got it and so uh I think at least one of the things or maybe two of the things that you that you practice uh is negong and nedan right so what are, the, what are these two practices mm. yeah also taoist practices um naidang gong or nedan gong literally means internal alchemy practice uh or or our uh, skill um and yeah the the idea of that you know, that we are kind of like a soup with all these ingredients. Um, and for a lot of people, that's just what it is. Like, okay, I'm this kind of soup and I'm just going to live this life because it is what it is and I can't change that. But in all these spiritual traditions, what I find so inspiring is that that's the first thing. Like, no, 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 you are not what you are. You are an infinite possibility. That's who you are. <laughs> and uh, now you can use this life to manifest that unmanifested potential. And yeah, the name, I guess, that the Chinese chose for that is like, how do you transform something? So you use an al alchemy, uh, you know, you can use external alchemy. I don't know, you can turn one thing into another and in yourself, you can also do that. And yeah, there's just a tradition of thousands and thousands of years of people experimented with that and got wisdom and lineages. And um, so I, I practiced that for a long time um and that's also when the dreaming woke up um yeah yeah amazing amazing because i've uh read the book uh, at least one of the books by mantak chia a couple of years back and that's where i came across the term of microcosmic orbit right and the way i think he explains it is to visualize that the energy is moving up your spine but from the back and it goes all the way up. It's, this is called the Pei Hui, right? Pei Hui. And then it goes all the way down, right? And then later on, when I uh, studied Kriya Yoga, I noticed that in the yogic traditions, there's also a microcosmic orbit going on, except at least in that particular lineage, it is the other way around, where, it, where you start from the front and then you visualize like a golden waterfall going down your back but i found it was pretty interesting that um you know both traditions speak about the importance of circulating your your energy um around your personal orbit 
that sort of mimics the universe around you. Yeah, I agree, and it's fascinating. It's also fascinating to me if you if you study in more traditions that you see all these overlaps, but also very confusing like contradictions, and it's it's hard to hard to do. And I think, yeah, you know, it needs a little wisdom to also or humbleness maybe to if you're studying a system to just like okay i don't know anything i'm just gonna try this system for a while and see you know but most people's tendency and so many teachers warn me for this is try is that they think like oh i learned this there i'm gonna apply this to this what i'm now learning in kriya yoga or you know in some tibetan like breathing exercise and then it can become really messy um but yeah, the, with the but the cosmic orbit is one of those things you see everywhere. There are a few energetic channels that you can just you know like if you if you go a little bit deeper in the system, they're there. And that to me was always very comforting because I don't know if you have the same experience, but if I enter a new system, there's also you know you have to kind of it has to kind of win your trust. Um, so then when I at some point see like oh okay like here there's a kind of like common truth there you know like th these energetic tr uh, uh, systems if you study them by yourself at some point you will just come to a certain conclusion because it's just an inner science in that sense and with with the um, cosmic orbit i find it fascinating for example i learned it as well um you know like meditatively go through the whole energetic system through the back up and then down and that's that thing but then in yoga later there's exercises where you like make your back like curl like that and and like this but every, everyone can try if you do this 10 times like make your back like this and like okay you get energized you totally get energized because you, you're just stimulating those channels in a very simple way um but yeah i i love those i love those overlaps but i also had a lot of difficulty with that and and i was really glad that uh, some teachers, and specifically Damo Mitchell, who is in the in the Taoist scene, uh, a big teacher, um, is really warning. He says, like, never, never mix systems, and also don't try to understand. For example, if, if we do this Taoist meditation, and then people say, like, oh, are we activating like the third chakra? And he says, like, let's not talk about the chakras. It's a different system, a different language. It takes a long time before you actually know what you're talking about. It's easy to think that you get the concept before you experientially know, for example, the whole chakra system. Like I'm practicing for a long time. I can't say that I experientially know how the whole thing works. I've, I've read books, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
No, I I agree one hundred percent. It's one thing to say that you know this chakra is this color and this is the element associated with that and this is the sound associated with that and that's great and you can make a nice infographic or a good chart mm-hmm. but at a certain point you need to experience it yourself exactly and maybe maybe you might not associate it with that color right maybe you'll have a different association mm-hmm. but at least that is your personal subjective experience exactly that is worth a lot compared to reading a book and just you know like theoretically associating xyz with a particular um, energy vortex that you can't even see yeah right? totally so so it's very very interesting um so talk to us about how did you stumble upon dream training mm. how did you come across yeah, this yeah, path yeah. of well, working with your dreams yeah. or exploring your dreams well, i guess it's what i like one of my teachers said to me was like you know if you were entering this more magical realm the internal realm where nothing is fixed and everything's more symbolic um a very easy, a lot of people not everyone like half of the people are like oh yeah i understand that world you know but a lot of people are like what is that even some i know people like on the spiritual path for years and they're still feeling like yeah but i never really experienced like what some people say you know that energetic reality where everything's magical but my teacher said like well the closest thing that is in um, the awareness of a lot of people is dreams um in dreams a lot of things are possible and nothing really makes sense or it makes sense in a way that doesn't make sense when you're awake you know that feeling when you wake up like oh this was perfect and an hour later you're like ha ah, the whole reality doesn't make sense um but he he told me like yeah these dreams um in holland we have a saying saying like dreams are um are tricking you um and that's almost like a saying like i never believe your dreams it's a very like you know like we're down to earth and it's all nonsense and kind of kind of way of seeing things so he was helping me to no no like pay attention to your dreams and i was always a vivid dreamer at yeah all kinds of dreams and i started paying more attention and then it became very clear that my dream world um, was interacting with my real life um and not just in a way of like processing you know like oh i had a busy day and i dream like you know like almost when you uh, when you clean up your hard drive um that also happens of course um but then i uh also saw like no there's a there's there's almost like a, a poetic thread that goes through both worlds worlds where my dream reality is affecting my waking reality and and the other way around and yeah we started practicing lucid dreaming in the taoist training that i did um which included um like waking up in the middle of the night setting your alarm <laughs> um and doing a little practice in the night so at 3 a.m everyone woke up we did a little practice outside and then at 4 a.m everyone went back to bed and then the assignment was okay now try to slip into a lucid dream and because you have two ways of getting into a lucid dream you can either fall asleep and then wake up just enough so you become lucid which is a hard thing to do for a lot of people Uh, but the other way around is like fall asleep with awareness and then you're also crossing that barrier of uh sleeping awareness uh the hypnogogic state if i'm saying it correctly um and and there is a lot of there that's actually the realm of deep meditation you could say but that now you're horizontal and now you're getting a free 
pass. So, it's, so that's how I experience it. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to sit for this for like an hour to get that deep. But like if you fall asleep aware, you get there almost like a free ride. And there's a lot of healing there possible. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, you know, studied that we have different phases of sleep, right? And there's one phase where we're totally in a very deep state of non-dream state, so to speak, right? And so I guess in a way you're trying to finish that portion off, wake up at that time where you're able to directly go into that dream phase of your sleep. And I have read that that is possible also if you nap in the afternoon like afternoon you you skip to that part and you go into that dream state uh straight away which is why a lot of times when people nap they like they they're already dreaming right and then they wake up as like whoa i had i was enjoying such a nice dream uh, why did i wake up uh but that that definitely uh makes a lot of sense so to you what are dreams are dreams because there are many uh different viewpoints and maybe all of them are right but some people say that dreams are essentially uh, your subconscious mind creating symbols and characters and interactions to make sense of life and what you experience during that day, right? Uh, some people say that, you know what, dreams are actually different characters and entities and beings and spiritual masters who are themselves coming and interacting with you because that is the most I guess, believable plane of them getting into contact with you, right? Because like if you had to meet uh, like an ascended master, if he or she comes in this physical world, you'll be dumbfounded and you probably not believe that that person is there, right? Or maybe if you've lost someone recently and they come in front of you, you'll think, you know, because we're in a, in a, in a, in a plane of disbelief, <laughs> anything that is not mundane, not ordinary. It's very hard to hard to believe that. But at least in the dream state, it's more possible. So what are your thoughts on that? Or maybe the third thing is uh, that I've heard, the third theory is that in the dream state, we are essentially interacting with uh, ourselves, but ourselves who are living lives in an alternate plane or a parallel dimension where we are having multiple parallel realities taking place at the same time. And just for a glimpse, we get to experience that particular life. And then we come back to this life in the waking state. So mm. what are your thoughts on that? Mm, great question. And good, good options you're giving, you're giving me as well. <laughs> and um, yeah, like um, I have to credit my dream teacher, Robert Moss, um, yep. who's an amazing shamanic dream teacher. Uh, I would highly recommend anyone who's interested in dream work to, to study with him or at least look him up or read his books. I, I think he wrote over 20 books about the topic. And yeah, for he was the first man who really pointed out to me that he would say, I guess, um, or that's, this is how I understand him, that all three are true, what you're, what you're saying, and even more. Um, and getting, getting more um, educated about your dreams and more like uh, skillful you can start to distinguish them better and then they become also more useful and that's what he taught me really well he's, he was a very practical is a very practical teacher he's like dreaming is not just for like spiritual like uh, i don't know some some experience or whatever it's also that but he says like no it's super practical it it's a tool that helps you navigate through your life and if you don't have your dreams he says like in some traditions they say like you're not in touch with your soul um so you you can't navigate well if you're not in touch with your dreams and there are ways also to 
to get your dreams back for if anyone is listening like oh okay like how do i how do i do? like is that possible yeah um has a lot to do with your your inner magical child symbolically like you can like all children dream and if you ask them it's fun to do actually like ask a child what what did you dream last night and they tell you very normally like oh yeah just like a pink uh, hippo was on the carnival with me and i was flying around and we went to have ice cream and we went there and and then i saw grandma and grandma was not looking so well and then so that's a lot of information and some of it is just pure beautiful imagination but for example a dream teacher would say like oh grandma was not looking so well that's 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 actually information that you really want to hear and he has these five questions that you can ask about any dream that makes it very quickly almost funny that you're seeing like oh it seemed like such a random random like weird train of thoughts but if you ask the right questions you can see like oh you can always derive new information from it and um one of the questions is when you wake up like how do you feel like what how does the dream make you feel very important because it puts context around the whole feeling you can dream a whole horror scenario but if you wake up cheerful it might have a totally different message for you than if you really feel you know what i mean um so that's that's really how you can that puts perspective on the dream but also uh, the reality check um is there anything from this dream that you recognize either in your physical life um, or in your in your mind past present or future and that's a really interesting question because for example in that pink hippo uh, dream with the the grandmother who wasn't looking very well obviously then the question is like oh okay pink hippo no i don't really know oh, even though we were planning to go to the zoo next week so then yeah, that's like interesting information um but then yeah uh, grandma's not looking so well oh okay i that that could be real let's give her a call today and um and that's and that's so you go to these questions and the last one is always like what action plan do i commit to this dream to honor the dream and also as a practice to make them a little more important so um your dreams start to like it's almost like your dream makers start to get the message like oh he's listening <laughs> you know and and an action plan could could be as simple as like okay i i heard the dream i'm writing it down that's it i'm noting it that's the action but it could also be okay i need to do a little research because sometimes i don't know you're you're sitting in a greek uh conference uh or like in in the or you're all of a sudden you're in a medieval village and someone is telling you something and you're like what village was that and what was he telling me and the beautiful thing is and that might be less familiar for a lot of people but yeah like if you start paying attention you can actually see it and you start researching it and you start seeing like oh you're actually dreaming things that you can't know um so there's definitely part of psychological processing that's you have to kind of recognize that as like oh okay i see that i you know if you ask those questions you see like okay this happened yesterday now i see like i'm processing it in my dreams but then there are these other options that you gave beautiful options and then if you pay more attention everyone's connected in that way i mean we're all walking miracles we're all like if you zoom in at one little particle of us you you come to empty space an empty space connects all of us beyond time and anyway it's it's the mind can't comprehend it but in the dream world you come close to that and 
yeah, it's fascinating to learn to navigate that a little bit. Very, very interesting. Um, is it possible to draw too much meaning from the interpretation of a dream? And what I mean by that is, I'm sure maybe you're part of some Facebook groups also, which are centered around dreams. And somebody posts something, hey, you know what? I saw I saw a serpent last night in my dreams. And then you have, you know, like five people saying, you know what? That's bad. That's a bad omen. That's negative, right? And then you've got another group of people that say, you know what? Serpent and certain traditions are actually good. It's positive. And it's, it's an awakening that you're going through. And in China, this happens. And in India, this happens, right? And, you know, some people might have certain interpretations about seeing a crow. And some people say, no, that's that's a wonderful. That's uh, a crow is very intelligent and, it, and it's signifying uh, some new idea or some something that's going to get launched. Right. So do you feel that um, there might be too much meaning drawn from the interpretation interpretation of a dream? Or maybe uh, do you feel that the person who experienced the dream can have a more subjective, nuanced interpretation based on where they are? in their journey or what are your thoughts around um, interpreting a dream yeah. in this format? Wow, good question. Yes, I agree totally. I think the core of that issue is, and I guess you went there a little bit, it's like no one should ever tell you what your dream means. So mm, don't yeah. look at a dream dictionary. Don't like just <laughs> go by like, oh, in India, you know, the snake is Kundalini. So you must have yeah. like a Kundalini awakening in two months or whatever, you know, mm. you better get ready or, uh, yeah. and that's, that's the beauty of the real dream traditions of the native, yeah, all the native cultures. They, they knew that very well. Like it's, it's your subjective reality, but it interacts mm -hmm. with the physical objective reality. So yes, you can attach way too much meaning to a dream. Um, especially if you're just going to ask like, Oh, I saw like, this this hippo and i'm gonna look and then the hippo says like oh it's very i don't know you need to be more grounded and then like okay that's it but but what you can do though is um in in the process you can ask feedback on your dream um but what you first should do is like th therefore know your feelings very well because that grounds you in your reality um and then do your reality check and then also ask yourself the question like what do i want to know what do i what is my question about this dream um so for example i saw my grandmother in my dream like my question would be very specific like why was my grandmother in my dream that's the only question i have then you can ask someone else your partner or whatever like you tell them the dream and then you can ask like okay like what is your reflection um, and then the courtesy is to say like, okay, if you give reflection, you always say like, if it were my dream, so you're not saying like, oh, your dream is, means this and this and this, because then you're taking away the authority of that, of the dreamer. But if you say it in a way like, if it were my dream, I would be interested in, or if it were my dream, I would definitely like take the warning of, a, of ill health of my grandmother seriously. Um, or something very, and the interesting thing is th this always gives so much more information if someone else reflects on your dream um, and then it could totally totally change your perspective um, because someone else might see something in the hippo that you totally missed um, but then still it's just it's just uh, a new lead for you to, f to find your own truth with that and and the interesting thing is that all these native cultures say like dreaming is about waking up. So it's not about 
just um, projecting psychological concepts on, on these random dreams that you had, but it's about actually waking up. Like it's a, it's a tool for, for, for evolving your consciousness. And that's also why it should be practical. And I like that about Robert Moss as a teacher that he's saying like, we're not just doing this for fun. Like it should have meaning in your real life. And it's about bringing the gifts from that realm to this realm. And that's what he calls magic, um, the art of magic. And yeah. Mm. Well, maybe I can give you a very practical example of like how I use dreams like practically for my own life and how dreams guided certain decisions in my life. Um, but one of the things was I was, um, that's, that's uh, yeah, intentional dreaming. You go to bed with an intention, you write down your intention, a question, and he said like, okay, what I would like to know, I would like guidance on this topic. Um, and I had like a work transformation. Uh, I was at a crossroads and I was like, what do I need to do? Do I need to like quit my job? Do I need to stay? What's the timing? You know, like, and I just, I just asked like, what, what do I need to know about this, about this? And I had a very interesting dream. I, I felt asleep, I fell asleep. And then in the dream, it was totally black, but I got a text message. And the text message just said, like, in a few lines, it says, like, when you are in Holland, I, when I was back in the Netherlands, um, there will be a next assignment for you. The king's architect is is on its is is working on it, <laughs> and that was it. And I woke up with just that message, but it was very strong and clear. It was very obvious, like, okay, what does this mean? And then later later it start it started to evolve and but and i knew in the back of my mind like oh when at some point when i'm back in holland there is something waiting for me there's a new assignment so i just took that seriously and yes it happened so when i was there it was it showed that it 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 literally like got real and that's one of the other things that the shamans say um that like way more in our dreams than we think is about the future to come it's either our own mind preparing us for future scenarios or literally information from the future that's just coming in because in the dream space there is no time if that makes sense um and that's you have fascinating stories about that and like if you start paying attention to it you can literally see like oh i dreamed i dreamt about this person La la, two days this later, this person is calling me. Or, um, uh, but also very, very specific. And that's also uh, an example from my life when uh, a certain death of a certain family member was predicted almost to the day, which still is crazy to me if I say that, to like, wow, how is that possible? But yeah, it was a dream. And, if, and it was very obvious that some wise person said, like, okay, this and this person is going to die on this and this, uh, and this and this face. Of the year and it, and it happened and uh and also we acted because we knew that information we when when this person became uh ill we took it very seriously because we knew like okay this was the dream and yeah i had i had like a couple of dreams in my life um, that were so obvious to me and that totally like cured me of my non not believing and now i take it seriously if i have a clear dream and the feelings will tell you how to look at it if the, your intuition will know like this is a real message and it, sometimes you wake up and like oh this is not super important and then usually it isn't super important mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's that's very very uh, profound uh, because you did mention that uh, in the in the dream time or in the dream place, right? There's there's no time, and the future is the present, is the past, and so if you look at it from that vantage point, then even the future that we are going to experience is actually happening in the present, and so it helps us access some data or some information from that stream future stream into the present moment right so um my question to you is uh, do you believe that dreams might also be providing us a glimpse into a parallel dimension or a parallel reality because my personal theory is that um right there there are like countless galaxies and there are countless universes as well we can't even estimate and um, there's like most of our known reality is based on dark matter and dark energy, right? And I think only just 4% is what the known universe, right? So a lot of what the universe is, we don't even know what it is and, and when it is even, right? So, um, so in, in saying that, my theory is that based on a decision that we take, we create two versions of realities, right? For example, the yos that... Uh, decided that you know what this part and he didn't have time for the podcast today he had some other urgent work to handle so one version of you is in this reality maybe another version of you is where i say you know what sure let's let's just reschedule it to some other day right? yeah yeah the next yeah, week yeah. or the week after that he's just sitting in a jacuzzi somewhere relaxing yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're creating multiple different realities yeah. each in a different uh timeline or maybe a different uh dimension altogether mm-hmm. right and maybe through your dreams uh, you're glimpsing into that reality and maybe using your visualization, jumping from one reality mm-hmm. to another. I mm-hmm. don't even know if that makes sense. It makes a lot of but, sense. <laughs> but during a mushroom during a mushroom trip once, I realized that I went into it from one dimension, but I came out of it uh, from a different, you know, reality altogether. So that was like, so that sort of planted the seed for me to try to figure out who, or get a glimpse into what yeah, yeah. the true so you, nature of reality so is. So, right? Aditya, I'm now seeing came from a different dimension, or did did you get back to the dimension you were originating? Don't, don't you don't know. know. We don't know. Maybe this is like so <laughs> beyond words. Or yeah. the other you Aditya is, sti- is still in the mushroom trip. He's like exactly. banging on the on the glass walls, <laughs> like in uh, Interstellar. Have you seen Interstellar? I've seen it, but I honestly, you know, these are the type of movies I like that you know are so complex. You got to watch it multiple times mm-hmm. to even comprehend. Mm-hmm. So I feel that I need to watch it mm-hmm. one more time. To but I, I remember that part where he's yeah. Like, at some know, point he's in between daughter, right? in between dimensions. Yeah, and yeah, he's exactly. trying to help himself in another right. dimension to mm-hmm. to save the world. So he's like banging on the walls right. of that dimension, and then a book falls out of out of the bookshelf. Right, uh, right, which you saw right, in yeah. the beginning that just and then you see like oh how do synchronicities actually work you know like are mm. we trying to help ourselves from other dimensions and ah right 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 i remember that scene yeah. yes yes yeah. that makes sense yeah. correct correct yeah. <laughs> yeah and is your question like do do i think that that could be real that we are in a multiple or maybe even endless dimensions and yeah well yeah are we in endless dimensions and do dreams somehow help us at least uh, get a glimpse into some other dimension or is there something that's that's you know yeah being passed down onto us well my teachers definitely told me this so that answer is definitely yes they would say like yes there are parallel 
they say like a lot of people know the concept about past lives but they say like there is no such thing as past life so there's just parallel lives so your past lives are are it's all happening now you know what i mean in that sense and i i can't understand that with my mind but some part of me is like yeah it, it does also make sense in a weird way um but but yeah so i don't know if someone ever did like regression therapy where you someone kind of guide you maybe into like a past life experience and then you can do something there like heal something you can forgive someone or you can like release anger or fear or like come to terms with a certain thing that happened and then you come out of the meditation and then it, no one knows like was that real or not what is even real but then what, what a lot of people experience is that it has a tremendous effect on their life so their subjective reality changed completely and and so it has a very healing effect and um that's the same with dreams like if you if you start to be more aware of your dreams for example nightmares are fascinating um do you ever did you ever have a re repetitive nightmare a nightmare that came back more often honestly touch wood i that experience is not mm. part of my mm. current journey right now mm. okay well, I had one <laughs> as a kid. Not one. I, recurring. I've not had recurring. I'm sure I have yeah, yeah. nightmares. No, not of like course. Recurring yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I had a, a repetitive yeah. one that literally okay. came back in my childhood all the time. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and the interesting thing is when you uh, do conscious dreaming or active dreaming uh, or shamanic dreaming, so you just, instead of just going to bed, you can just like, it's the afternoon, you have a free afternoon, you close the door, you, you go to bed, but not for sleeping. And with the intention of staying half awake and you re-enter the dream that you want to re-enter. Could be a positive dream, uh, but it could also be a nightmare. And the interesting thing about a nightmare is that you can re-enter the nightmare, but now consciously, and you start to experience all the feelings in your body. So for example, if there was a really crazy monster somewhere, like if it starts to approach you, you want to just like run away. But instead of that, you're staying, you're staying conscious and you're like, no, 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 I'm going to stay. I'm going to face this fear, literally. And what happens then is fascinating because it always starts consciously. You're like, oh, I'm just imagining this, you know, like now nah, I'm just imagining myself facing this monster. But then you'll see that things will happen that you can't really imagine because they're new. You know, your imagination always exaggerates what you already know. But now something happens like that can completely, for example, the monster transforms and, and it embraces you. You had no idea. Like what? I thought the monster wanted to eat me and now it embraces you. And then the monster becomes you. Like slowly the monster starts to become your skin. It can be an all like vivid, crazy experience. And then you feel like, oh, and then what you're doing, kind of you're navigating the inner energetic world. And this could be a lost part of your soul, a lost part of your energy body, and you're you're reclaiming it, and then it slowly it merges with you again, and you're literally healing yourself. And that's a core of dream work that's invaluable and, and fascinating. You can you can do tremendous healing in your dreams, and this is an extreme example, but you can even do it. Like okay, I have a presentation next week. I'm nervous. Let me lie down. I'm going to dream this presentation. And then you you make it a healing experience, and 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 just like that therapy session or meditation, you come out of it changed. And and I don't know how it works, 
but it works. That's my conclusion. <laughs> yeah, this sort of reminds me of, uh, I'm not sure if you heard about the Aghori sect mm-hmm. of tantrics in India. Have you heard of them? Mm-hmm. I've heard of them, yeah. So basically, they're of the belief that, um, and this is based on my limited knowledge, but part of what they want to achieve is these siddhis, right? These mm-hmm. supernatural abilities. And they are willing to go through any sort of difficulty, penance, harsh conditions mm. in order to transcend the duality of mm. life and reach a state of non-duality to the extent that they are able to like confront death also. So they mm. go to the Ganga, the river Ganga, and they sometimes pull out corpses mm-hmm. and they meditate close to it, mm-hmm. right? Because to them, they want to transcend everything, mm-hmm. anything that would be considered disgusting, wild, uh, scary, horrendous, they want to mm-hmm. embrace that. Now, mm-hmm. that's a very extreme way of yeah. looking at things, but that, but that's but that's what they do. And uh, the other example I thought of was like a cold shower in the morning. Right? Mm-hmm. Like nobody likes to go into a cold shower. <laughs> no. But every time you get into a cold shower, you do maybe a minute or maybe yeah. two, your relationship yeah. to cold shower. And for that matter, challenges and general changes. So next time you experience a challenge on a subconscious level, totally. you are a much more resilient, yeah. uh, strong and courageous person, mainly because of those small, like you mentioned, right? Like hugging the monster. Yeah metaphorically is actually good for you because then the monster sublimates and changes into something that's loving like yeah. a, like a rabbit or yeah. maybe a puppy dog exactly <laughs> it's crazy and yeah i love what you're what you're saying and it's it's i have some i had some crazy beautiful healing experience that i never thought would happen and one of them was i was chased and attacked by cats like a couple nights in a row and i didn't like that was very like the feeling told me like something is being told to me like there's no I haven't been in touch with cats. I'm not thinking about cats. This is not just my psyche trying to reorganize a few things or process. All of a sudden, like this 40 cats would just like viciously attack me and I couldn't shake them off my arms. And it's like, whoa. And then my dream teacher, Robert Moss, told, uh, taught me like, you know, you can ask reflection. And someone said like, well, if I, if it were my dream, I would, I would try to see if the cats can become my ally instead of my enemy. And, you know, like the, that was the last thing that where my mind was at the, that moment. I was more like thinking like, what's happening? Something not right in my life, you know? And it was such an interesting change of perspective. And I, I did the lucid dreaming. So I went to bed uh, at daytime and just like went half asleep and then re-entered a dream. That's a, that's a little bit of a shamanic trick. Uh, you fall asleep a little bit with, the, with a very vivid image of the dream you had, like something that emotionally vibrates. And it could be a detail, but you, 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 you hold that in front of you kind of internally. And then you kind of let it unfold. You don't consciously try to do something, but you have a very clear intention. My intention was like, I want to see if, there can be, if they can become my allies. But I'm not controlling the dream. So I'm just slipping into it, kind of like dozing off. And the cats, okay, there are the cats. And all of a sudden I can feel them again, you know, like they're, they're eating my arms and they're like viciously attacking me. And I'm just all of a sudden like in the dream and I didn't even plan this. It was just like, okay, the cats can totally devour me. Like I am their food. That became the, the feeling. And it was, it was a fascinating experience. The cats started to eat me and everything calmed down. And I, I, it's hard for me to really pinpoint like what changed, but I woke up from that dream so calm and so peaceful. And it was almost like there was this feline energy in me 
that was just like going crazy apparently and very like self uh, sabotaging and uh, it calmed down it integrated again and yeah like my teacher told me like it's it's good to then do something with a dream to like honor it so I, I decided to draw the cat and it became a very regal beautiful image of a cat and it's still next to my bed and it feels like a, an ally a, a power animal a shamanic power animal like I made peace with the energy of cats whatever that means but it's it's powerful that's very interesting. A couple of things. Uh, when you shared that, what imagery came to my mind was the scene from Batman. I'm not sure you've seen that part where he is, I think, in the formative years in the in the cave, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you have thousands and thousands of bats that are coming into him, and he's so f- scared of the bats. Mm-hmm. And then he has his inner voice that says, "Embrace your fears, Bruce." Mm-hmm. And then he stands up, and then he becomes Batman, right? Mm-hmm. So he the the power of the bat, which initially was fear to him, has now become his his identity and his and his strength and uh, a couple of months back i interviewed somebody who is a ayahuasca you know author who writes about ayahuasca mm-hmm. and his journeys in south america and he said that it's very possible that when you consume that you 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 get the energies um of different animals mm-hmm. from the jungle especially mm-hmm. the jaguar mm-hmm. the jaguar mm-hmm. spirit becomes one with you and uh, he was like, at one point, I f- really felt like eating the chickens. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and known. I felt like I had a deal of dagger, yeah. you know, like fangs inside. Yeah. So that's very, very uh, That's very known. And that's maybe the, uh, yeah, like uh, the, in the shamanic realms, it's very known if you, if you work with power animals, it changes you. So working with mother bear is a very like good power animal to connect with in the beginning because she's very protective and very like warm and, um, but yeah, people describe that it changed them and that they like they they crave honey and you know like sweet things and berries and stuff like that. And the other way around, shamans use it if they want to connect to a certain energy uh, of the the energy of a spirit animal. They start eating the food. They start like behaving like the animal. I'm not I'm not really into that. That for me, I don't I don't I don't. Maybe that's just not where I'm at. But I I don't see the practicality of that. You know what I mean? There, there are do- loads, but I don't see them personally. Um, but I love the, um, the, the way of the how he, dreams can heal you. That's that's super powerful. And the other thing I really like is how it can enhance the synchronicity in your life. So it becomes a fun play of all these signs, and you know, you know, like you're more in touch with the. Um, with the wonders of life almost because every can if you if you if you are not life can see so fixed and so you know that kind of cubicle kind of feeling like oh everything's i'm stuck but if the moment when you take your dream seriously even sitting in a cubicle all day be, can become magical because you know you dreamt about a certain thing a certain symbol and all of a sudden you see uh, a colleague in the cubicle next to you drawing a rabbit on the uh, while he's right. having a call and also you know like ah that makes sense <laughs> I, i'm in a constant conversation with god that's the feeling that i'm that it gives me i've got a question for you but before that i have an observation for our listeners people listening to the show right now because i see a lot of people uh, remembering their past lives right maybe they work with uh, like a like a therapist mm-hmm. or maybe they read a book and they remember past lives but how come every in everyone's past life they're either a pharaoh or a queen how come no one's how come no one's a beggar totally yeah <laughs> 
or a paraplegic or somebody who's faced a lot of challenges how yeah. come everyone's a queen and a, and a king um so yeah. um <laughs> this is a rhetorical question i don't know it's a good I question a... i always ask that i even i even went to a therapist and my my ex-girlfriend went there first and she yeah. she be, she was an egyptian high priest high priestess and she saw this whole life. Then I went to the therapist like two weeks yeah. later and then I got the yeah. same story. And then we called her later. It's like, do you know like that you're telling us exactly the same story? And what is that? You know, like, and she, she yeah. seemed like a very sincere human being. But that for me showed that I guess, um, yeah, this realm of imagination and the more energetic realms, you have yeah. to be, you have to, you have to stay grounded. You can't just, right. you can't just say like, oh, I was in the past life. I was this. Plus that a lot of teachers say to me, like, leave those past lives alone. It's about this mm. life. This is your opportunity. Yeah. This is the one, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Now, uh, my question is, can two or more people decide that they will meet and become lucid in a dream together? You know, just like the movie Inception. You know, like uh, five people sitting, they're like, tonight we're going to be here, we're going to meet, and we're going to work together, maybe do some healing together in our uh, in our dream yeah well yes it, from my personal experience yes so all the teachers say yes but i can also say personal experience i had a friend or have a friend who's a very strong dreamer and um she uh and i agreed to do a little test like come to my dream and do something very obvious and then the next day if if it works like i'll report back to you you know and it worked so well it scared me like it scared me i woke up in the middle of the night and i thought she was in the room <laughs> it literally felt like oh my god you're way too close where what is happening here and like it i woke up from a small part of the dream where she gave me red socks it was a very very particular symbol and i i called her next day i said like what happened and she told me like yeah it was something with socks and you know so we we shared a part of the dream and a lot of people actually when you're very much in love and you're very with your partner like aligned and you're very your hearts are very open and you have you know you're very uh, merged together and i think a lot of couples experience that they're that they can have they can be in the same dream at the same time but unfortunately because we don't pay attention to our dreams we forget because if you wake up at 3 a.m that's the moment when you just should like write it down a few words and then the next morning you have you have to you need a little uh concrete thing and then you can slip back into the dream and it all comes back but if you don't have anything you just wake up and you, you go to your you do your breakfast and that was it and so that's the, that's the main thing if you pay more attention and see it as like oh like people pay a lot of money to go to like uh clairvoyant people and talk to their guides and blah whatever but why should you like ask other people to talk to your guides? Like you are being guided, but you're just not listening. <laughs> so one of the aspects to honor that is just to like pay attention to your dreams, understand that the language is symbolic and poetic. That's so it's it's very good for your poetic health, if that makes sense. Because it, it won't tell you go left or right. Sometimes it can, if you ask very specifically your attention, like, do I need to marry this woman? Yes or no. Your dream can be very um because it goes beyond the shadow or it is almost the shadow so so what you're not seeing in your waking life is like ah, oh, maybe you're repressing some really difficult decision in your dream it will just show you like in a very interesting way sometimes hilarious like oh my goodness did you really need to like make it that obvious to me you know <laughs> um 
but sometimes it can be very poetic and and the joy of that is also it helps you to evolve your consciousness because our our practical minds is just such a small aspect of what we can be as a human being and if you start tracking your dreams it activates all the other parts of your humanness so all of a sudden you're like oh why a blue butterfly why a blue butterfly your mind can't make sense of it but if you open up you open up your heart and you calm down and all of a sudden it starts to make sense like intuitively and then these insights can come and all of a sudden you're like oh i am the butterfly why am i not enjoying that i was a caterpillar and i worked so hard and now i'm a butterfly and only running to the next phase i'm not even enjoying that i'm i have become the butterfly you know like we're always looking to the next phase that could be an insight and all of a sudden you realize that's that's a beautiful spiritual guidance that you gave yourself in a dream uh, and then you're just taking the gift right so uh if your friend can come in your dreams and give you like red socks right yeah like you mentioned so in that if that is possible then isn't it also possible that somebody who does not have your right intentions like a dark warlord or maybe a wizard or somebody who wants to attack you like psychic warfare can also come in your dreams and create havoc so what are your thoughts on that and how can somebody who is indulging in dream work now who's getting into it how can they protect their you know how can they protect their dreams so that it's a place of sanctity and nobody can harm them yeah good question because then it opens portals it opens like totally. a lot of portals right you're right and there's different levels to dreaming and 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 okay and so it, it depends how deep you're going so if you're just right. like going in your own subconscious you're in your own subconscious and the monsters are probably your own fears yeah um but sometimes very consciously um you can what you're saying dream portals you can go into a portal and usually you have a guide so that that's that's one of the things that a lot of shamans teach like you start with uh, getting an anchor point so you you create in your dream space or you find in your dream space a, a point of reference it could be a beautiful tree or uh, a place near a river where you're very you feel calm and nature is like is protective around you or you can you can have your own cave and you you always start your dreaming from there so you have a point of reference so you always you can you know you can navigate if that makes sense and then you start making contact with guides um so you can so you can politely just like you would like make friends with you know in waking life you can politely invite or like look up yeah like animal spirits for example and just if that feels very far fetched then it can just be an image for example the bear just an image that works for you of a bear you hold it in your mind and you start you fall asleep a little bit so you go to that in between state between awake and sleep and you just hold that image and you just see how it unfolds and you can have the intention like i want to i want to say hello to this bear whatever that means and it doesn't it you will always be surprised is my experience if you give that a little bit of attention you will always be surprised like wow and and something happens and it's very personal so that would that's i guess the start that a lot of shamans teach like find a point of reference so you feel safe there so always in your dream you can always decide like oh this is getting too crazy where's my cave you know <laughs> you go right there. and um yeah get in touch with guides and be friendly to them and just like the normal world like and i guess also like this world like the world is not that dangerous like you can if you if you travel a lot one of the things you realize like most people have good intentions 
you know like uh, it's only certain places at certain times where you shouldn't be um and that's the same in the dream world like you have to you can you can get there but it's rare you know that you find a uh, you make the wrong turn but usually it's just making a decision that's not very wise if i if i go in certain certain areas in la at night by myself uh wearing a very expensive watch yeah that's just not a very very clever thing to do and i i guess there are certain things in the energetic world that are also there and one of the things i would say from personal experience never use willpower so never never think like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna find my i don't know what you want to find my like my willpower do you mean like will smith power or? <laughs> yeah no no yeah don't don't <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah that was my bad joke for the day <laughs> i think it's actually pretty good yeah no don't use your willpower that's good advice <laughs> yeah. great 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 yeah. Awesome. So as we come to a close for today's session, um, what are some best practices when it comes to maintaining a dream journal? Because you did, you did speak about sort of, uh, you know, recording mm -hmm. your dreams, right? Mm -hmm. As you, as you saw, as you have those mm -hmm. dreams. So mm -hmm. how does one get started with that? Yeah, I guess have a dream journal. That's one. So put it next to your bed and, and make it very easy to access because everyone knows that if you're, if you're awake a little bit, it's so easy to not, not do it so make it as, as easy as possible and different things for different people work so i love to write in a in a notebook just like with pen because it has a certain feel to it there were also people who had their phone um and they wrote an email to themselves which is also fascinating because then you wake up and usually you can even forget that you wrote something down at night and then you're you're at your work or your desk and you're opening your email you have an email from yourself from that dream state which makes it all of a sudden very real like i got a message from another dimension and it can make like it doesn't make any sense all of a sudden you're like at your desk and it says like in the coliseum fighting lions uh could fly um earth opened and i fell through the planet into a black hole <laughs> and there you are at your desk like okay what's this um and then you ask the questions uh, what, what are my feelings around it? Uh, what's my reality check? So is there anything past, present or future I, I recognize? Um, and you can be creative with that. It could be, I saw a brochure about Rome yesterday. Um, okay, so that makes sense. Uh, but it could also be like, oh, I feel like at work, I'm actually in a Colosseum. You know, like I feel like I am just in a, in a, in a unsafe environment. Uh, and and this actually feels like Colosseum, and, not, and then it starts to make sense in that way. Then you can ask a question very directly about yourself. What do you want to know about this dream? And um, because it's all about like putting your attention, align your attention, and the answers will come. And that's the hard thing in a dream because it's so like it goes all directions. So if you go into that world, it's very hard to bring your clarity there. If you if that works, you bring those wor worlds together, and then the the synergy starts to happen, and that that brings the the magic in both worlds. So you're starting experiencing things that are fascinating, but also it becomes very practical in waking life, in making decisions. For example, I mean, you know, you don't have to pay a lot of money to ask a lot of people to help you. You just get your own answers. Um, so, but yeah, just get it next to your bed and, and give yourself maybe a, a, a 10 day challenge. Like, can I write, write my dreams down for 10 days straight 
And even if you don't have a memory, write that down. And then at least write down how you feel or uh, write down like it feels blurry um, because then you're training yourself to pay attention to your dreams. And that's the start. And look up Robert, Mo Robert Moss. And uh, if you're interested, definitely check out his books. Wonderful. Uh, thank you so much for sharing uh, your story and all that you have learned about uh, dreaming. Uh, I uh, certainly enjoyed our conversation and I'm sure our listeners did as well. Uh, so, for, um, uh, you know, based on, uh, you know, where you are right now, what is that one thing that you are grateful for and how can our listeners find more about you? Oh, thank you. I'm grateful for this conversation. I told you just before we started, I am, I'm always grateful if I meet sincere seekers who are generally on, on their own journey of like opening the miracle that they are like, and let, let it unfold. And I don't know if you agree with me, but I find it a fascinating thing to be human. <laughs> it's, it's an absolute trip in a certain sense, because it, it's an understandable what is what it means to be human and then it's so deep and it's so miraculous and um so i'm grateful to be in a conversation with you thank you and um and people can find me on my website um yeah it's my name so shall i pronounce it or or maybe we can put it in the link or something um yeah. uh, add the link because it's it's my name and um people can find me there Amazing, amazing. Uh, well, uh, Action Tribe, if you enjoyed this session, and I'm sure you did, then make sure that you write us a review on iTunes because that really helps us grow. Or maybe tell a friend about this show because uh, your one message, your one recommendation will make a huge difference to that person, certainly, but also to us because you know we, we will get more people listening to our uh, podcast make sure that you uh, not just write a review yourself but you know tell your friends about this and if you'd like to join us uh, to have your own personal spiritual journey then drop in for my next breathwork session from anywhere in the world as long as you have an internet connection and a pair of headphones go to my seven chakras.com forward slash drop in that's my seven is a word, my seven chakras.com forward slash drop in. I love listening and watching and seeing and hearing from all our listeners and breathing together and chanting together and uh, experiencing oneness. So look forward to seeing you there. Uh, once again, Yos, really uh, amazing to chat with you and uh, converse with you and exchange all these amazing profound uh, ideas about uh, spirituality but also dreaming and uh, personal development um, uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners before we part ways mm, i enjoyed the conversation and thank you for doing this work and spreading yeah more more consciousness thank you for listening to my seven chakras at my7chakras.com that is my s-e-v-e-n chakras.com when you need 
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.